woke up in a lucid dream. Now we're hunting for the shards. We might be an oddball team, but at least we've got no bards. World Welcome to World Walkers, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast played by professional cartoonists. I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of World Walkers. Before we get started, I want to break the news that I actually won't be able to make it to uh, AwesomeCon due to some health-related reasons. Um, it looks like it's a bit too soon for me to fly out, it looks like, but you can still catch the rest of the World Walkers in Washington, D.C., March 30th to April 1st. Uh, their tables are between H10 and H13, and I believe Artist Alley, so go ahead and catch them there. I won't be there. I'm going to try to get to Gen Con, and that would be, I mean really awesome if I could, I don't know, but you definitely can catch all the rest of the World Walkers, Awesome Con, uh, Washington, D.C., between March 30th and April 1st, Artist Alley, tables H10, H11, H12, and H13, so definitely go catch them there. I want to take a second to thank the members of Patreon who make this and every other episode possible. If you want to find out more about our Patreon, head on over to patreon.com slash worldwalkers. Alright, so let's get to it. Here's episode 60, Roberto's Time to Shine. I just imagine that what happens is we're just like, we wake up and Tin just has left a note and has been like, really excited about the animals, flew off, could only take grandma, bye. (laughs) 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 She's just like, skipped the forest. (laughs) I hope this this is somehow canon, that the forest is strange and naturally separates people. (laughs) Um, So, you are ready to embark on your forest adventure as i described before i believe the forest is rich and beautiful and vibrant i mean it just looks like the perfect storybook forest Basta doesn't trust it <laughs> i'm immediately um, suspicious let's just burn it down too, and yeah that way let's just burn a path through it that is the safest way to go through a forest no, no all the are... wildlife stays away from you because they're all either burning or gone no we are leaving this beautiful immaculate forest untouched <laughs> do not do not even think about it. In, <laughs> in, in my mind, it's head canon that uh, Roberto opens his chest and pulls out like a Smokey the Bear hat <laughs> and like a little handkerchief, and he's like, "This way." <laughs> I love it. I'll be your park ranger today. <laughs> Thank you for coming to Roberto's forest. <laughs> so, who is leading? By the way, me. Mark. Yeah, it's Roberto's time to shine. Let's do it. We okay. can't get lost. Only you can prevent nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> can you, um, I, I mean, I, know, I think I know what you're talking about. Can you explain it for the podcast? So, um, I am a natural, I'm a natural explorer of forests, which means that I can't get lost in the forest. I can't, we not, we're not slowed down by anything. We're not, um, we're not, we can't get lost except by magic magical means so unless unless there's something really weird with the forest we should be good um like a magical sign that says this way yeah <laughs> exactly. um we don't or- get slowed down by any kind of terrain or anything like that and if we forage for food we remain alert so basically as long as there aren't invisible voices telling you to go down a path we'll be fine 
Yes, we will be perfectly <laughs> Convincing fine. you of alternative options. Yeah, which for some reason I wanted to go to. This Back makes the me way really... you came is a new direction. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. This makes me really worried about what Ertleby and Tin are going to do without the range guy. Yeah. yeah. So, Ertleby, yeah. so far, they're still with you. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, you venture off into the forest as you stroll through. You don't have to make any checks, Roberto. The... Just kind of walking into the forest, that usual uh, familiarity that you find when walking into a forest uh, is only uh, exemplified by this forest. You really feel like connected with it. You find yourself kind of able to navigate it without even having to really think about it. You just kind of fall in sync, almost like the forest is welcoming a ranger into uh, itself. So you do you, you trust the forest? Oh yeah, I got the Disney music like going in my head now. You know, <laughs> can, like, Vasa I'm be, home. can Vasa actively be rolling perception checks? Well, you have the passive perception, so if you want to uh, try to roll, you can. But you've got like a natural sixteen all the time. I think that's true. It is on high alert. Yeah, <laughs> Rumblestone also has that. Yeah, yeah, the same. Yeah, the same one. Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> we're good, guys. Just saying, <laughs> there is like Roberto's leading like a Disney princess, and like we're both like <laughs> yes. bags under our eyes, hammers out, like weapons out. Yeah, like, you're absolutely paranoid. Like, we're, like, <laughs> we're, we're back to back watching our six and twelve. <laughs> And just walking in front of you guys with like, oh, there's a bird that lands on my finger, and then like, you know, like high squirrels, you know, like I'm feeding. Everything's yeah. just awesome. And yeah, the wildlife does respond to you. Like if you were to stop and you saw a couple birds in the trees, they might kind of swoop by you playfully as they uh, feather off, whatever the proper term for bird flight is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, go about their business. But the first day is pretty uneventful, and that night you're ready to camp. I build my Tompkins tent yep. or tiny hut. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you put that together. Everyone's able to squeeze on in. Um, Tompkins has been pretty quiet this whole time. He's kind of sitting in the back. He's he's not, like, sitting behind his shield constantly afraid. He just, if you hadn't noticed from before when you were in Southworth, he's just not really jumping on in. He's kind of taking everything in. Maybe he's kind of apprehensive of the forest like you guys are. Who knows? That night goes on. Without incident, especially because you're in your uh, hut, which protects you from any sort of nightmare-styled intrusions. Ooh. And you sleep the night away. At night? The next morning? Um, oh, well, Basa would have waited for Tompkins to fall asleep. And then over the course of the night, she would have uh, slipped a rope into his like belt, like the back of his belt, and like tied a knot. And just like lengthed out maybe 20 feet <laughs> and just kind of like <laughs> held on to it. <laughs> Uh, that morning uh, the sun even though you're in your tent um, I believe like light can still come in right yeah I think the way it's described is like it's slightly translucent I think you can keep it however you want inside up to you yeah I mean I would just imagine that like it would be lit the same way people who work at a mine like it would just have that same time frame yeah so that morning the sun rises to wake you up at a crisp, like, 5, 5.30 in the morning. Mm, late um, morning. Late start. <laughs> um, Tompkins wakes up, and he seems excited. Um, kind of stretches his shoulders, looks around. 
calms down a little bit and starts to go outside, and he makes it about 18 feet before he trips. Vasa sits awake and says, where do you think you're going? She's not letting go. She's just holding on to it. I and have to pee. I don't want to talk about it. Vasa gets up and, and says, all right, let's go pee. Oh, and he said, why? What is going on? I don't trust this forest. There's a tree behind there. I'll, I'll stand guard. He looks shocked. He's like, there's very little I ask of you guys. <laughs> but this is one of those. Vasa, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. It's okay. I got my eye on him. I'll be watching well, I, him the entire don't watch team. Me. Can you chaperone watch- him, Roberto? Yes, I will. Okay. Tompkins, don't Vasa, worry. I don't have Vasa, any of your parts. I can't. Vasa I'm not ashamed by your. Rope. Pa- Vasa passes the Why rope would to you Roberto. be ashamed? Excuse I, I'm not, me. I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not laughing. Good. I'm not going to laugh. Neither am I. No, not at all. Just you'll be. You'll be fine. All right. We'll. We'll take care of you. <laughs> and he just like spins around and starts to walk away. And as soon as he can, he can find a tree, and you don't see him again until he's done peeing. It's okay. I could hear him. So try to pee against something louder. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, dry leaves. <laughs> um, uh, I love that we've essentially made a monkey backpack tell. You know, like the kids like, <laughs> for Tom. <laughs> so, uh, honey, honey, are you okay back behind the tree, honey? Honey. <laughs> That, then he comes back around, walks up to you guys, doesn't make eye contact, and goes to get his stuff together. Yeah, Vasa's back to inspecting the environment, looking around, still holding onto the rope. He has untied the rope after he went pee. He, yeah. <laughs> like once he figured out why he was... Vasa takes out the knife and like cuts off the end of it that was tied to him. Just just like maybe like a few inches, because you don't know what's... You know, I don't know what those pains have been. <laughs> I'm like, I guess we're good to go. No one died during the night. Or any got stabbed by a nightmare or anything. Okay. No, we're good. Not in that tent. Okay. Is is everyone here? Yep. Oh, um, can you invite Olivia to the group? She says she wants to join on for as long as she can. Yes. Oh, Yay. <laughs> hey. Hello. You, you look very oh, old lady Olivia. <laughs> now, um, Olivia, do you want to play until the natural segue part? Or are you in to play the rest of the night? We've just tricked Tina into doing a side adventure. Uh, <gasps> I would be so bad if I tricked Tin. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna play until we segue. Okay. Yeah. Everybody's so the forest once again welcomes you into a bright and beautiful day. Um, you don't have to do any kind of packing up with the tent because it just kind of mag- magically encloses upon itself, and you're ready to move forward. Roberto, are you taking the lead again? Yes. I know where to go. Well, not. I mean, yes. I know how to navigate the forest. So right. this, this way. So once again, you kind of feel that notion that the forest is welcoming you as a ranger brother. Do you uh, do you open your heart to the forest? I do. All right. I do. So you <laughs> kind of you, you see out take like a, this. Just please like, commit your tell the sins of the forest. I've walked. It's been three days since I've walked in the city. <laughs> <laughs> Say three hail of thorns. Mister Roboto is so good at navigating the forest. I'm a yeah. natural explorer, Grandma. You stick I'm with so me. Impressed. He takes a step forward, and it's almost like, obviously, he's not breathing, but it's almost like his chest fills with purpose and confidence, and then he marches forward and takes you all on a journey. It's like he's breathing in the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs>
So you all venture forward. Now, Ernelby, do you have a certain uh, approach to this forest? Are you uh, magically whisked away by it like Roberto, or are you uh, going to take a position on the clock like uh, three and nine over here? <laughs> It's 12 and 6. Well, I was thinking Roberto would be forward, so he'd be 6, right? So you guys wouldn't double up on 12. Oh, you're right. I'm going to I'm going to bring up the rear here. Um and it's mainly because I keep getting distracted by animals that I want to like look at. <laughs> so I keep finding like creatures and like holding them up like Yeah, this, if you like let Simba. them they'll, they'll come to you like a, a chipmunk might run up <gasps> and yes. take a look at you perplexed. Like they kind of just fall into Roberto's arms as he travels. <laughs> but All right, is this a forest or a college campus? I can imagine like Roberto just like, getting inundated with cute like woodland creatures, and Vaz is like, "Get out! Get away from it!" Get, oh, seriously, get, get, like batting them off <laughs> and his hands, like don't touch them. They land on Ertleby. They like she like shoes them away, and they all like scatter, and then they settle like two feet away on Ertleby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vasa, Vasa would have told uh, Brummelstone to like watch Tompkins, and she's like, "I got my eyes on Ertleby." <laughs> but we Tompkins, are, we, are, we are splitting the load. <laughs> <laughs> but just like before, Tompkins just has like his hands in his pocket. He's got a shield on his back. Um, he's obviously not combat ready, but he's not falling in love with the forest one leaf at a time either. But you continue your trek to the forest for about another half a day before. Um, that 16 perception kicks in for Vasa and Brummelstone. I knew it. Kill it. Kill it. <laughs> Not too far ahead from you, maybe about five or ten minutes journey, you can see a small collection of kind of humanoid figures. They all seem to have kind of reddish orangish fur, but you can't see too much else from here with the amount of trees in your way. But they are wearing um, armor, and they seem to have some weapons as well. Is it Redwall? <gasps> no. <laughs> no, they're, they're tall. What they're, kind of animals are they? They're not animals. They just seem to have some... They, they look like oh. humanoid figures, but with like kind of like this reddish oranges fur. And we're, are we too far away to kind of get a look? Get a you can't get look. a clear look because of like the amount of... like. Trees and foliage and uh, red orange. It's either going to be an orangutan or a fox person, or a fox squirrel. People are sexier, or squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> we went um, from cute we... to sexy. Wait, what very... did you say? People are sexier. <laughs> people. Vas, it, well, you know whoever they... whoever reacts first, Vasa would have held up a hand and been like, and then it's like silently pointed over there, and like I see, and the holds up the number of people that she sees. Whatever yeah. that is. So you see six. Six. <laughs> One of them is wearing like half plate armor and they have a large greatsword on their back and it seems to be giving orders to the rest of them. The other ones have long bows and long swords on their back. Can we try to listen? Brummelstone, can you send your raven or something to go listen in on them? Ooh, yeah. I can uh, fly raven three. Still doesn't have a great name. Um, Raven Trinity. Because right, and then I can see through if it stays a hundred feet within me, I can hear and see through its eyes. It sounds like you're expecting to be some sort of animal folk as your bird flies in, kind of swoops in to take a look. But as it comes around, the features that you connect with more don't seem to be animal in nature. 
they seem to be goblinoid in nature. They have <gasps> like kind of like small, like mutt-like mouths, little black beady eyes. Their nostrils are kind of pushed up and then pushed in. <clears throat> like I said, the, that that reddish fur, that reddish orangish fur, just covers their entire body. They've got small, sharp ears, and yeah, they're basically kind of patrolling the area, looking around, and listening to their leader, who is speaking in a language I'm not sure if you speak. Uh, I don't think I speak goblinoid. Is it safe to assume these guys aren't friendly? Depends on how racist you are. Well, either way, we should try to... Can we sneak around them? You could potentially stick around if you want. Mm. Maybe if we want to... Grandma, we're gonna... Out trace. We're gonna need some of that... Everybody wants to... Password out trace. Yeah. I got the... So Erdlby's been singing to the animals this whole time. I just like to, to step back a little. Like when Tompkins looked like... He wasn't falling in love with the forest. She sang this whole song about like <laughs> Tompkins, the forest reaches out to you. And so now she's singing the Pass Without Trace song. With <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was kind of just putting his head like into his neck a little. Tompkins, mm. open your heart to the forest. Keeps walking. <laughs> <laughs> the forest, Tompkins. And you. So yeah, I, I guess I would fly back as a bird. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt the song. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's going on as this happens, yeah. but quietly. So it'll be like, like, have you ever heard the wolf cry <laughs> to the blue corn moon? Or ask the grinning white cat why he grins. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna sing that song uh, in the voice of Ertlebe. Well, Raven, yes. Raven 3D flies down and lands on Brummelstone's shoulder, and the spell would break, you know, and he would stand up and he would say, They're goblin, you know, and he would explain what he saw, essentially the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I knew they were what I think they are, then I would say that. Yeah. <laughs> Fair <I'd>, point. <laughs> I don't know if Brummelstone's ran into. Hobgoblins, but I would think that they are probably hobgoblins. Smooth <laughs> 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 criminal. Yeah. Bossa right. is very smart, so I think he should know about all these things. Yeah. <laughs> Bossa agrees. Like, you know what she says: if it's ugly, murder it, exploit it, or avoid it. So let's avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So give me some rules. All right. Oh. So just to be clear, we are planning to. Sneak past the hobgoblins. <coughs> what are hobgoblins? Bad, bad, ugly creatures, grandmother. But didn't They're we not- run into a hobgoblin on Cog? Bugbears and go- goblins. Okay. What sort of advantage do we get from Pass Without Trace again? Plus ten. Plus ten. Woo-hoo-hoo! Come here, baby. Ooh, I got to I got to roll my giant d twenty for the first time. A thirty. Yeah. 32. <laughs> Who needs an invisibility ring? I got 30. What was that huge thumb? Oh, he I, dropped it. You couldn't see it, but yeah, it looked I, like he, he did this motion and something fell from his hands. I threw my big ass <laughs> D20. Oh, that's right. Oh, that was that, that massive thunk was the gigantic D20? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's a> giant. <laughs> it was. I got, I got a 32 as well. We would also instruct 
um, Tompkins to put on his ring of invisibility, oh. and then I might keep my hand on his shoulder. Okay, so he puts the ring on. No, I know that doesn't help a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you can sneak around. Which way are you going to go? West. West? Okay. I would so, follow whichever way Roberto yes. things leads to. Sorry, not to <laughs> deny Ertl be her West. Well, West was, sounds fine, but, right? I, I, um, <laughs> Ertl B actually was, was like thinking of like something completely different and just like had mumbled West just to herself. <laughs> She's like, She's like, oh, that's, that's, that's what a coincidence. That's exactly the direction we're supposed to go. Yeah. Roberto says confidently. And she has no idea like what's transpired, <laughs> but she just like, behind <laughs> yeah, so you kind of shift make sure you keep the trees between you and these creatures and you walk around them without much effort uh as you come around the side the rest of you can get a good look at them if you would like um and i need you guys to roll insight anyone that wants to i will i too will that's plus two wisdom right i have a mighty four I'm spending a lot of energy keeping track of Tompkins. <laughs> I got a 20. I got Ooh. a 22. Ooh. As you walk by uh, Roberto and Ertlebe, the thing that sticks out to you is the fact that they don't... So they usually have like kind of like small beady eyes, but they look bloodshot. Yeah. <gasps> Not only that, but their skin kind of kind of looks a little more sunken in. Like their face, facial features are kind of pulled in a little bit more, and they just have huge bags under their eyes. And the baggage itself almost looks bruised, like it, it's they've suffered because of this. And even with your incredibly high rolls, walking by, there is a moment where they all kind of stop at once. And they raise their ears up, and they don't hear you, they don't see you, they don't find you, but there's something about them that even with your incredibly high rolls, they still were like, <sighs> and Roberto and Erlby would recognize that as like just this extreme paranoia that somehow fueled their perception a little more, like a lot more than it should have uh, fired off. But you stay quiet. You don't jump the gun, or the bow, or any of the spell, whatever you got, and you continue on your way, and after about 15 minutes, you feel confident that you're in the clear. Whew. I like to think that they had the looks that um, those those uh, soldiers had in the movie uh, Predator, when they were dropped on the planet, <laughs> and after a while, they're just like, every yeah. leaf. Yeah. <laughs> That's a valid question. What is someone like that? What is a group like that afraid of in a forest? <laughs> <laughs> and then we see Roberto. <laughs> Surrounded by birds. All the little birds slowly take Roberto off. Jump off a waterfall. Roberto's like, oh, they're kissing me. They're kissing me really hard. The kisses kind of hurt. Ah. Guys, stop. Guys. It's just a little blood. <laughs> Guys, I learned something today. Love is pain. <laughs> is this my first girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly how I wanted to die. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, so you do continue moving forward. So you slip around, you continue on your journey, and uh, you're ready to bed down for that night. All right, we should should we leave a watch out in case those weird things come? Are we getting the Brummel House? Will that yeah. protect us from? Nothing can come into it that's not given space to come into it. Okay, but that um, doesn't prevent them from waiting outside. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if the right. goblin army finds it, they can yeah. just surround it. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I'm afraid of. So we should still have a... Ranger abilities to, like, hide things? Hide things? You know, like, camouflage the house away? <laughs> I guess You're I could a ranger? Put we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna Bigfoot it. Leaves on are good top of it. He puts like three leaves. <laughs> oh, one for the door. <laughs> My work here is done. I want to cover it a tent with like big branches of willow leaves, just a couple. Okay. Um, it'll still. I mean, if you're really close, so I guess it'll still look very yeah, obviously yeah. like a. But from the outside, I'm far away. Ooh, we'll make it look like a boulder. Are there big rocks here, or is that like out of? No. No. Okay. Then we'll just make it look like a kind of a fallen tree or something. Like what? What's what season does the world does the forest look like it's in? Beautiful spring day. Okay, fuck that. Um, while 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 Brumblestone is setting up his little house hut boulder thing, Vasa is actually going to walk around and collect little twigs, and then she's also going to scatter them in a rough like sort of circle, maybe like um. 10 feet out away from the hut so that like very loosely and kind of cover them up with just grass or whatever so like snaps you know like things will snap if you walk across them yeah if you want we can like set up like rope things so that when it someone like some kind of what do you call it like they rope it and then they, they kick it and then it it like rattles well well Vasa's thinking was that like she wanted something that could alert you of something approaching but not be obvious to someone oh, looking for okay. traps because we just it's more because you don't want to actually attract interest you just want to avoid being surprised sounds good let's do that so she was going to do that um but she would also agree that we should set up watch like maybe inside the boulder not necessarily outside um vasa would just volunteer to like take like the first shift or something like four hours she's fine with only getting four hours of sleep the night feels safe wait was that a voice talking to me (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it couldn't have been we'll never know okay well Vasa's taking watch for the first four hours who's taking watch for the second four hours and then Brummelstone would take watch for the second four hours because he's also as paranoid as Vasa is (laughs) (laughs) we'll be fine guys it's all good everybody goes to sleep <laughs> All right, so the night passes without incident. Great. Yep. <laughs> I like the idea that Paige was like, "I just made the safest fucking forest," and they've never been more on guard. <laughs> we're like we're surrounded by like these friendly critters. Uh-huh. <laughs> we spend what like do you want? hours. Sent you. <laughs> this is where you would flash forward to be like. The forest is on fire, you know, like everything is burning, like we're on another world, another realm, and it's just like this horrible, and like, we all sleep in the tent, like, we don't get, we just sleep out in the open. Yeah. It's like lava and like demons. 
You just didn't seem concerned there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we knew it was dangerous, so it seemed fine. Uh, All right. So the next morning, um, the first light of dawn greets you again, wakes you up. Tompkins checks the back of his pants. Oh, yeah. Boss is a new new paint with Cool. Ropeless. He goes out to uh, handle his business. Um, (laughs) The rest of you pack up and you're ready to go. Yes. Vasa uh, vaguely kicks apart the sort of invisible ring of sticks just to sort of make it look less organized on yeah. our way out. All right. All right, Roberto, what are you doing? We, um, oh, what am I doing? Yeah. Leading. Let's go. Right. A fanatic. Uh, do you kind of take that first step into the forest again? I do. Yep. And you kind of <laughs> feel yourself just embraced by the forest you feel one with the forest again yes and you, you guys are really hitting it off <laughs> <laughs> i know what this is i know what this is this is pedro playing mind games <laughs> and it's the paranoid people in the party are the ones who suffer <laughs> i know what this is i should have seen it i should have seen it what he says yeah. do you embrace the force Robert- i know exactly what Roberto. i knew it was coming i'm just telling you guys i feel completely safe in this forest we are totally good everything is totally fine like you don't is this need like to when worry. your friend gets a new girlfriend and she just seems too good <laughs> <laughs> yeah but why does she like him okay. Vas is gonna do a perception check that we're not walking in circles that nothing looks familiar or like we've Landmarks are repeated. Okay, go ahead and rule. Vasa would consult Brummelstone on this to get advantage. Brummelstone would be like, I know we passed a few trees a couple of times. We can't get lost. I I got a 16. Okay. And I guess I'll roll again because I asked for advantage. Yeah, 16 was the best I could do. You feel confident that so far so good. Okay, fine. Trust me. I mean, if there's one time in our adventure that you couldn't, you have to trust me, do it now. Because this is my, I'm in my element, guys. Let's do so, this. Yeah, it's been uh, bothering Brummelstone that Tompkins isn't as happy-go-lucky. Because when we were walking through caves and cog, <laughs> he was singing his songs about leading onward. Um, and so, you know, so Brummelstone has finally, like, through his paranoia, has picked up that maybe the forest is okay, but he's, like, wondering what's going on with Tompkins. So he would, over the course of the day's travel, be making conversation. Yeah. And asking, you know, Master Tompkins, you seem as though you're not your usual self. And he just shrugs. He's like, sorry. I'm sure this place brings back sad memories. Yeah, with that, he puts his hood up and just kind of starts walking forward. Aww. He's teenage Tompkins right now, you guys. <laughs> it's, it's, well, That's literally I mean, it. I, you don't understand. understand. It's hard to go back to child. where you had your first date. With your first wife, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> you travel for about another half a day, and then before the rest of you see it, Roberto kind of feels like this leg of your journey is about to wrap up. <gasps> the forest is dumping you. I don't know if you're... <laughs> no, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like <laughs> it feels like you're about to reach your destination. Do you say that to them, or do you just keep it to yourself? Oh, absolutely. I'm like, hey, guys, we're almost there. I can feel it. Okay. Lead on, Basa brother. says, very uh, <laughs> unconvinced. Yeah. Ertleby's been shoving small woodland creatures into her cloak. Like, <laughs> and so she like she looks like much larger than 
you previously looked. Because she's just been collecting them. Like, they kind of go more willingly to Roborto than they do to her. <laughs> yeah, a- after a point, you probably have a rep. Yeah, absolutely I do. <laughs> oh, man. So, the two in the middle are weird. The one at the end doesn't say anything. Don't I don't care about her. The one, the one behind the two weird ones just will stuff you in her pocket. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots oh, of butterscotches there, so... Could be worse, but... <laughs> Can I tell you the visual we have is us like getting to the city, all the animals leaving, and Ertle being Ertle be like opening her mouth just to have like four birds fly out. <laughs> yes. Yes. That seems right. That's ex- <laughs> she has four birds in her mouth right now. Oh my God. Spit it out, Grandma. Vasa like finds <laughs> like picks up her hat and like shoes away the critters that she stuffed underneath her hat. Puts the hat back on her. It's like, Grandmother, we're approaching a village of animals. We can't be seen taking their their siblings or relatives as pets. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Chirp, chirp. Things all fly away. <laughs> Quiet, they haven't hatched yet. Is like, it's <laughs> with like four eggs in her mouth. <laughs> How does she even get those? <laughs> Oh, that face where like the people have stuffed pool balls in their mouth. Yeah, it's yeah. Just Ertle just B like with, two eggs with eggs yeah. just across. That's me. <laughs> That's my character. So within a couple minutes of Roberto saying that, um, farther ahead, you see the first glimpse of what must be the village of Hulkins. The buildings are simple in construction, made of wood and foliage. There's little in the way of organization, as far as you can tell. Buildings seem to be built next to other buildings purely by happenstance. There are food carts, a wallless gathering hall, and a large, round, cozy-looking home with a billowing chimney and a large, colorful-looking mushroom by the front door. These are all things you would notice if you could take your eyes off the villagers. A fox that stands and holds himself like a young boy sneaks up on an unsuspecting mole as big and stocky as Brummelstone and scares the bucket of water she's carrying right out of her hand. An old rabbit, as tall as Vasa, standing on her hind legs as she walks down a path reading a book, and several mice walking with the confidence of successful merchants as they stroll into a building with writing you don't understand on the sign. There doesn't seem to be a race in the village you've ever seen before. And the whole village is kind of just bustling about, minding their own business. You're far enough back into the woods that they have not seen you, but you can see them. I love this town. <laughs> How... oh, yeah. oh, you sir. Go ahead. And just how are they dressed? They all have like simple either tunics or in the case of those, um, in case of the mice, they have like little vests and then they had, they don't have like pocket watches, obviously, um, but they would have like a little bit of a vine that hangs decoratively from their pocket and they just keep themselves nice. And I mean, they would wear kind of the same clothes that you would wear in any normal village. Okay. I didn't know if it was like a little more sophisticated, like we we're talking like Beatrix Potter type dress. Characters. I don't know Beatrix Potter. I'm sorry. Well, look it up. <laughs> it's that's that's like a Peter Rabbit, Benjamin Button. Oh, okay. Um, if you look at the old artwork for them, they're always like slightly Victorian. Tom. So Kitten. I mean, yeah, they're, they're like those those mice that were walking by. They had a little bit of a Victorian vibe to them as they were kind of nice, okay. a little more nicely dressed. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I was wondering if it's like, is it a one to one like the peasants that we or the town folk that we just came from? Yeah. 
or if so. it's or if they're like a little classier, like a kind to. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. So yeah, everyone's kind of busting out. Like I said, uh-huh. the buildings are all scattered about. Um, give me an intelligence roll, uh, Brummelstone. In the me- in the meantime, Vasa would have just kind of like after her own stunned silence would have said something like. Don't stare. They probably don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a six. So. Oh yeah, who knows? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm too I'm too taken back. I was like I was prepared for turtles. <laughs> <laughs> um, Roberto strides out into the village without provocation and just yells, "Hello!" Vasa <laughs> <laughs> quickly sort of like tries to make her weapons look as like hidden and, and unthreatening as possible and triple checks Ertleby again to make sure she has no woodland critters <laughs> stowed away. <laughs> so <clears throat> the villagers all kind of turn and look and at first they're a little excited but when they take you in for a second it's kind of like not like a they don't they don't suddenly s- fall into a stunned silence and, and run but they're like there's a little bit of a hush that falls over the village as they all kind of take you in for a second and um they look at each other, and it looks like that fox, that young fox, is getting ready to walk up to you. But as the crowd gets kind of pushed aside and pushed aside, and a large bear walks towards you that you have seen several times before, but doesn't seem to recognize you, walks forward. He has a simpler, uh, he's like a simple tunic. He does have a sword on his side. And he also has um, like a nice belt with a huge ring of keys that hang off the side. And he walks from and is like, excuse me, excuse me, everyone. And he walks up to you and he's like, I'd ask your names. Uh, hello, fair villagers. Um, my name is Roberto. And it is such an honor to be amongst your fair village on this morning. You're heavily armored. Oh, um, this is my body. And it kind of takes a step back. I kind of like, I, this is like my head, and I kind of like try to remove the helmet, but it does, it's not coming off because it's my head. And mm. So this, I'm, I'm, I, I don't mean to come upon you with such, um, that's the word I'm looking for, so um, heavily armored and threatening looking. Um, I mean, you no harm. We come in peace. Uh, we are looking for, uh, I kind of nudge Brummelstone. Who are we looking for again? Uh, yeah, at that, at that point, Rumblestone might be like, are you, now I forget if it's Sir or Lord Paddington, but I would. Make an intelligence check, remember? <laughs> I, you said you love intelligence checks. I do. Uh, 14. Uh, constable. So, constable. Are you Constable Paddington? My name is Rumblestone, Hammerstorm. You know, like, we've, we are adventurers. We've just come from the town that we just left. I, I am Constable Paddington. What? Again, what what brings you here, though? Do so. This is bad because it's been it's been a week, and I should have written it down. What is the turtle? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're what's, we're looking for that. What's her name? The the there's a mage. The, there's, the mage. We're looking for yeah. a turtle, a wise old turtle. We were sent here by the adventuring town that helps the guide adventurers. They told us to seek and wisdom that, like, from the, your the turtle. The town kind of sighs like oh, he's like mm, Southworth. Yes, that's where. They sent us here. <laughs> Boss is very careful to keep her hands in the open and like relaxed <laughs> away from her like side. Well, uh, unfortunately, 
Kellett is very bit and is like you hear like the crowd kind of move aside and is like nonsense, nonsense, and the crowd kind of s- spreads apart a little bit. And walking towards you with a large gnarled walking staff is a tortoise that walks like an old man. His thick leathery skin is the color of rich moss, and he wears a series of robes of blue and gray that cover what must be a massive shell. His kind eyes, round and black, look you over, taking you in and then accepting you in a way that feels like you shared a moment together. Finally, his wrinkly beak grows into a smile as he tilts his head and he says, My friend, my friend, you've all seen so much for being so young. And he kind of takes a step forward and nods your way and places both his uh his hands on his staff. And Constable Paddington turns to the side and he's like, Sir, they have just come in through the forest and he's like, it's okay. It's okay. Let them let them in. Please come in. Uh, come to the hall. We would all like to hear why you're here. And he kind of slowly starts walking his way through. And like, like I said, he walks. He carries himself like an old man who has walked this world for a long, long time. But it kind of feels weird with the the size of his body because I mean he is just a massively round bulky figure as he walks and people kind of give him way um they obviously move out of the way with like a like the pacing of respect you know what i mean and they all kind of clear a path as he walks towards the gathering hall and eventually if you follow him he takes a seat uh there's like a large seating area like a large kind of i don't want to say a throne but like a really large chair where somebody could sit he doesn't take that one he just finds a nice little table on the side and uh, asks you to join him, and he waits for you all to sit first. Yeah, Brummel, Brummelstone would sit. Yeah, uh, Vasa would help uh, Ertleby find a seat, and then she would sit. Roythal's still standing up, he's kind of, he's still like, he has his hands on his face, looking at this turtle <laughs> man, <laughs> just kind of speechless. Instead yeah. of fe- being weird about it, or feeling insulted, he just kind of smiles at it, and he's like, please sit, young ranger. Yeah. I, 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 I don't, I don't, I just... If- too speechless. Rumblestone would quietly move around the table. Yeah. And just like push, <laughs> gently push Roberto into a seat. Let's like slowly lower him. Uh, forgive me. Forgive me, Sir Kellett. He is he is old. <laughs> he does not know the manners of speaking to someone. <laughs> okay, I, I when I sit down I kind of like move forward in my seat and like have my hands um, on my face, and just kind of. <laughs> You're kind of like all, all yeah, in. I'm all the way in. I'm staring absolutely <laughs> rude, very, very rudely. Romulson <laughs> remembers uh, hearing in Southward that he was that this this uh, Kellett was a mage. So now he's like super embarrassed. You know, <laughs> like anytime you know Romulson meets another arcane person, he's just already kind of slightly embarrassed by his team. Roberto's <laughs> 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 just embarrassing him just a little bit. Like you might see a little more sweat. Like oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks around and um, he says, "Well, thank you." You've come a long way, it looks like. Could you tell me why you're here? Why why ask for me? Wise one, you seem to know quite a bit about us already. Do you really need us to tell you? Well, I mean... And he kind of looks you guys over again and he says, Again, you, you carry yourselves as people who have seen a lot and carried a large weight on your shoulders. You... You seem burdened with purpose, and I, uh, 
I don't know your life stories. I can just see that you come bearing some sort of responsibility. And um, at this point, uh, Vasa would be like, uh, wise one, before we share our story, I need to ask, uh, what was the forest that we passed on our way here? We encountered no dangers save for a group of goblin-like creatures, yet a more terrible... He kind of like sits up at that, and like the, the rest of the group kind of gets quiet. I'm sorry, there was danger in the forest? Well, no, except for this group of goblin-like creatures... Yet, for all the beauty of the forest, a more terrified group I have never laid eyes upon. Is there some magic in the forest? He thinks about it for a second, and he says, um, I, I'll be able to answer your question much more thoroughly if I could ask you a question first, and that is, where are you from? And then um, Vasa kind of looks to the group first, kind of like making eye contact, seeing if any eyes are saying like, no. <laughs> and then she kind of just says, um, she's like, I am a traveler between worlds, and this is not my world. Oh, yes. Yes. Like the halfling here. No wonder. And he kind of looks over the group and he says, uh, I don't, I can't say I know world. I wouldn't know where your world was if you told me, probably, but that does explain why you find our forest so uh, unfamiliar. I don't... I have heard that the forest and other worlds are far more dangerous, but um, that's not the case here. Especially when you have a friend of the forest like this young man here. <laughs> That's exactly what Reborda does. Like, he's like, and he looks at he's the, he looks at Reborda. He's talking about me. Like, oh my god. <laughs> he looks at Reborda. He's like, let me ask you, young man. Did you open your heart to the forest? I did. Did you did you find a, a common uh, commonality with it? I did. And the forest will take care of you. And he kind of just straightens up again. Reborda's just like ecstatic that the old turtle man's uh-huh. talking to him. So he's just like. Like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, this guy's awesome. He just kind of warmly smiles. Brummelstone would try best to hide it, but he has, he's like, he's hes never been prouder of reward. He's <laughs> <laughs> not making him look good. <laughs> so he's just like, he's just like, he's I, I am concerned about your reports of of these, these goblinoid people. We do not have goblinoids in our, our forest. We, what did they look like, Brummelstone? Yeah, Brummelstone would lay out uh, as detailed of an explanation as he could about sizing six, uh, broadswords, the fear in their eyes. And once he hears that, he says, "Why well, the fear in the eyes? I'm not prepared to talk about that quite yet. I don't know anything about that, but it sounds like you ran across hobgoblins, which are, would be a long way from their homes. They don't live in our forests. Did they notice you? We avoided them. Did not. And well, actually, to be fair, they they definitely noticed something, but not us. They were very, very shook hobgoblins. (laughs) That's that is worrisome. They 
Uh, Hobgoblins are known for uh, meddling more in the affairs of humans than, than us. They don't usually travel this far south. They concern themselves with uh, merchants traveling into Corsetto far more than they would find down here. I'm not sure why they would travel so far south. Hopefully they walk around Holkins. Do you want us to get rid of them? I'm sorry? Do you want us to kill them? <laughs> we could totally kill them for you. Wander into the forest and murder them? Yeah, I mean, they're obviously a danger. I mean, I don't know. Just saying, I mean, we could if you want to. If you don't want to, that's also, we don't well, have to. Oh, young man, I don't think that would be any good at all. Okay, that's. I was just throwing that out there to snow, you know. <laughs> Uh, can Vasa really quickly scan the animal people that are present and, like, assess how many fight-capable people there appear to be? Yeah, you Is don't that... have to make a roll on that. Okay. There's, like, zero. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, um, the constable probably could put up a fight. He looks pretty tough. But the rest of them, unless they've got some tricks up their sleeves, they're just simple villagers. So... May I ask again? I'm sorry if I'd forgotten already, but why are you here? We heard that your land might have run into an uh, item of bright brilliance. Uh, it's what we're questing for. It's what we've traveled worlds for. Mm, interesting. Could you perhaps share some more information? Brummelstone would describe the shards as best he could. Uh, a piece of bright light, they range from sh- from different sizes. The first time you gaze upon them, they fill you with a with, uh, a brilliance. I don't know if brilliance is the right word there, but that's probably as smart as Brummelstone would say it. <laughs> and uh, he nods for a bit and he says, You're looking for a shot of stardust? Ah, good. So you know what you're like. <laughs> well, this this makes conversation much more easier. I apologize. Yes, you are wise. Uh, not wise, just smart. Um, there's an important distinction there. Uh, why are you looking for the shards of stardust, though? Those are... Uh, I mean, I've, I've heard stories of shards in the past, but... Ha- do they exist again? They do exist. Seems as though... And Brummelstone just lays it all out there. If the tree has been broken... Oh, he's the, all the whole thing? Well, you know, at least... <laughs> like, he might, like, slowly tempt into it, where he would say, like, you know, it seems that, the you know, the dreaming tree has been broken. And we are quested to gather these shards. And he kind of just nods, and he says, uh, So... He looks a little worried to ask, but he thinks about it for a second. He says, what of the god of stories? Vasa would lean down and be like, I think he means patches. Uh, Brummelstone would say, he, he is still alive. He, oh, God. He, is, he's, he assembled us, and it's who we work for, you know. And unfortunately, the, with hunting the shards... They also incur that people are hunting us, the nightmares, if you will, which is what we have deemed to call them. The nightmares. Yes. So we would like to get the shard and be on our way as to not bring any danger to you or your forest. The nightmares. Is that what you said? That's what we've best been describing them as. I know of a, 
a darkness that lurks beyond the dreams of the mortal races, but it, there's not our word for it's not very pronounceable in your tongue, but they are known as dream eaters where we come from. Well, I wonder yeah. if they're the same thing. I would love to talk about the dream eaters. <laughs> Anything we can know, if perchance, if they were not our enemy, they might be our enemy at some point. So you're, mm. you're concerned that our, our world is home to one of the shards of Shardust? It seems that way. It seems the king of stories, as you call him, has placed... Or, god of stories. The god of stories. Apologize, I come from a realm where there are no gods, just broken timelines. He just kind of smiles and he says, ah. Yeah, been there? No gods in your world? Well, he just kind of smiles like... Not just Brummelstone. He just smiles and he's like... Just, like I very seriously doubt that that's the case, but that's a discussion of some depth for another time. Yes, one when we perhaps have more time. But the god of stories uh, has hidden these shards upon the timeline of our young halfling frontier. And Tompkins looks up, huh? What do you mean they're on my timeline? <laughs> Surprise! Surprise. <laughs> uh, he just, just means that you're subconsciously drawn towards them. That's all. Tompkins, when did you live here? I I lived here a long time ago. How old were you when you lived here? I don't know. Um, you know, does it? I mean, does it matter? Like, nope. I mean, we gotta. That's what. Thank you, Vasa. Um, I think. <laughs> um. It just, you know, and that's when, when Kellett kind of leans toward a little bit and he looks at him and he's like, Tompkins? I knew they knew each other. And Tompkins looks up and he's like, uh, I'm a Tompkins. And he's like, I believe you're the Tompkins. You're, you're Tompkins. And he's like, and he, he has no poker face, so you don't have to make any rolls to know that he's like really trying to avoid all this. And um, is just like, well, I don't, guys. He's never heard of a shard. What are we doing here? Like he's heard of shards, but he doesn't seem to know where one is. We should get looking for one. And um, Kelly kind of raises his his eyes up, like his eyelids up a little bit, like his eyebrows, I suppose, his brow, and just kind of makes a mental note. It looks like. And he says, yeah, so you're, you're looking for a shard of stardust. Oh, I am terrified of the idea that the the dreaming tree no longer. Oh. Uh, That's oh. a lot to take in, excuse me. So, uh, wise one, you know, we were gathered to assure that the dreaming tree is put together. I know it is a fearful prospect, but we are here to assemble it. If you know where a shard could be, please guide us in that direction. And um, he looks to the villagers and he's like, Tafiki! Tafiki, are you still here, young man? And kind of shifting through the, the crowd, uh, walks forward and it's about five and a half feet tall, um, long black beak. Um, it looks to be some sort of a raven in the same kind of form the rest of these are. 
He has a cloak that kind of, it's very light, almost silk-like material, and it laces both of his wings so that he could fly without it interfering. But if he lets it fall, um, it seems to kind of just flatten out and kind of look a bit more like clothing. So it's 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 a pretty flexible outfit for him, obviously. Nice. Um, but he walks forward and takes a bow, and he says, "Tefiki, could you begin asking about this this shot of stardust that they're asking for? Maybe uh, see if there's anyone that you or I would know that might have seen something like this." And he doesn't ever say a word. He just kind of nods his head. And uh, walks through the crowd, and once he gets a clearing, he just takes off and immediately starts flying. And he's like, I welcome you to stay in Holkins for a few days while we uh, wait for Ward to return. Oh, we can't stay in the town. What? Why not? Well, we can. Uh, if Brummelstone builds his own little home anywhere here, as long as we are inside it. You build homes? But the people... But I the- do, Yeah. Yeah, Brummelson would say. So we, like we were saying about the Dream Eater or the Dream Eaters, as you call them, um, we believe they inhabit the dreams, looking for us, and that they can come through the dreams. So we would we would stay nearby, but perhaps half a day is away. We've seen them gather strategies. What sort of house do you build? It's a magical one. Just kind of his brows raise up again. Uh, you know, it was like, uh, you start to describe kind of the magic to use it. As I oh, hear you are a, a magic hut. user yourself. Yes. Yes, yes. Well, then you should be safe. But you guys won't be safe. Yeah, it's your safety that we most concern about. And it sounds as though we have someone who will open his heart to the forest. That we should be <laughs> safe in the forest. Not if those... Goblinoids are lurking about. That's still an issue I'm fairly concerned about. I, uh, we could totally Constable. kill them for you. Just, I just saying. <laughs> he just looks flabbergasted. He's like, "My boy, how how will you stay connected with the forest if you spill blood on its floor?" And Roberto's completely taken aback by this, and just the thought of losing his connection with the forest just shuts him up silent, and he kind of bows his head. Well, then I'll do it. <laughs> maybe if we split up into one team that kills on the forest ground and the other team that just bonds with it and the forest doesn't know that they're connected and just trick the forest yeah we play them we catfish the forest he says, I, I, I do believe you should probably stay inside of Holkins, if you wouldn't mind. A wise one, you know, they, they're not making light of the danger they believe that we would put your kind village folk in if we stayed. We are, they, they began to describe it, we are slowly being hunted by possibly your dream eaters. They travel through the dreams of those around us. Even if we can keep ourselves safe within our magical hut, the dream eaters may occupy the dreams of your village folks, emerge from them, and kill them before coming for us. We would reside outside of your great village for your own safety. The rest of the village looks pretty concerned, and uh, he does take that into account. And he says, And you believe a half a day's distance will negate 
this invasion that you speak of? Honestly, the less time we spend inside this village, the better, I think. We should wait outside the village until the return of your... Fafiki? Uh, Tafiki. Tafiki, yes, I apologize. Uh, Team, I just want to insert, if we're staying half a day's trip away every time we go to sleep and we like wake up and then we go half a day to the village and then we're like time to go back to bed and we go (laughs) half a day away well i was thinking that like we don't even come into the village right like they can like one person can go in if they really want to visit or whatever but like we should just be outside the village and and just stay there until we Mm -hmm. see yeah tafiki agreed or if it's better to like communicate with I mean, we could bring um, Kellett with us because we can bring some people. I don't think they'll let us the... take their turtle out <laughs> of the village. <laughs> I, think, I think if we ask him if he wants to come, he'll come of his own volition. I don't think anybody's really telling Kellett what to do. <laughs> <laughs> He's very old, though. Yeah, that's true. But, you know. Like a half a day's journey becomes three days' journey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, just, just get saying, in the shell, we should, we'll carry you. We'll just carry you. We should you. go okay. for a quarter's day journey just so we could conceivably, if we want to make it back to the village, and then return from whence we came. Yeah, yeah. Oh, can we at least feed you before you go? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, and we would love to hear more about these dream eaters. Perhaps they will... Anything you know about that, or even the dreaming dreaming tree, or the god of dreams itself. Anything you've heard... And so we start to to direct different villagers to start getting a meal prepared. And um, it's going to take a few hours, obviously. Um, so in that time, you can uh, he's, he's willing to walk with you around the village and talk if you want to. Or you can wait yeah. and talk with yourselves and then meet him back at the dinner. I would Erdely- like to walk around with him. Sorry. No, no. Erdely wants to go talk to Constable Paddington. Okay. So, um, who's all walking where? I'll go with Brummelstone. I'm still fascinated by the old turtle dude. I'm going to follow <laughs> Ertleby just because I don't want her on her own. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Where's Tompkins going? Don't know. Uh, yeah. W- Tompkins has to go as one of us. We'll hold him by the hand if we have to. He's, he's not there, though. Damn it! Oh, I told you so! <laughs> Aww. Tompkins hey. has did something. Oh, we'll, we'll ask him about Tompkins. <gasps> yes. Well, yeah. he's not around. Maybe he'll <laughs> overhear <laughs> us with his invisibility ring, but that's not how it happened. <laughs> I just want to say that I think Tompkins is in his, his angsty teenage phase right now. And so to get him to come out of hiding or whatever, we should just get Roberto to play some death metal on his bagpipes. Um, <laughs> Oh, I oh, get love the idea that he's just getting like, his out. hood's up. He's just like, don't talk to me, Dad. <laughs> he should just play some music that really speaks to Tompkins' soul, his dark soul. And then he'll Everything just come sucks. on his own volition. Mm. Yes, so. <laughs> the world is awful. Mm. Uh, that's, a- that's actually what Ertleby's trend, like... <laughs> Like dictates to Roberto. Those are like the <laughs> lyrics she gives him. So I think this will really, really dig him out of hiding. I agree. So, Vasa, <laughs> after saying like 
Vasa lets the disappearance of Tompkins sort of like hover in the air for a good two seconds to sink in. And then she just says, I told you so. Down to Brummelstone. <laughs> and then after- you, So Brummelstone would be like, Grandma, you might need to use your spell to find him if he stays gone too long. Yeah, let's give him some time to, to sulk. In yes. the meantime, let's just do what y'all want to do. <laughs> um, which is draw him out with Roberto's angsty music. <laughs> there, there's no need for me to use the, the trace spell because that's definitely going to work. <laughs> there's no way this could fail. <laughs> oh, man. Put some like, right. eyeliner on Roberto. <laughs> Ertleby and Vasa, you kind of split off from the group, and eventually you find uh, the constable who is kind of on the northern edge of Hulkins, arms folded, keeping his eye out, and uh, as you approach, before you get too close, uh, he says, uh, how can I help you? Constable, I have some concerns about this town. Is there anyone here? He turns around with a raised eyebrow. Oh, oh, really? Yes. Is there anyone here besides you who can defend it? And he puts his head down and he says, uh, no, that's why I'm here. We really? Then no, I, don't get me wrong. You look very strong. Very, very strong and bear-like. But we really need to do something bear-like. about that. Imagine something happened to you. Um... And you weren't able to defend the town. And Hobgoblin showed up. Um, goblinoids, etc. We need to train the villagers in a Mulan-style montage to be self-sufficient at, uh, at self-defense. And I am willing to help with that. And so is Vasa. Well, let me start off by first asking, uh, do you have a lot of experience? Combat training, villagers. Why would you ask me something like that? I'd think it was self-evident. What is your weapon? No, she, she, Vasa like steps forward and she's like, she's just concerned. But right now, um, I have absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at and he's like, if a battle comes along, I don't want to rely on you and. Whatever that is. You're you're absolutely right. I think that we can trust in your guardianship, Constable Paddington. After all, you've done this so long before we even got here. She's just concerned after all. She Ertlebee quite... turns into a panther. Okay. He kinda of nods, he goes, Why didn't you say you were a druid? <laughs> the panther, like like majestically like leaps onto his desk. And like strikes. And He's outside <laughs> on the northern edge of the-, <laughs> <laughs> the. The panther majestically leaps into a tree nearby <laughs> and strikes a majestic pose. <laughs> <laughs> I would not mind having your help in defending the town if it came to that. But you have to understand that the, the citizens of Hawkins, they. They are not combat capable, if you will. I had stumbled across the village a long time ago, and when I met uh, Sir Kellett, 
I decided to stay and protect the town as I could, which is why I'm here. My kind do not live around here. So, the idea of arming them in only a few days' time period is an impossibility. And your friend agrees with me. And he points at Vasa. Vasa just looks completely defeated. Like, she's not even looking at Ertlebee anymore. She's just, like, standing there with her hands on her hips and just looking off. Um, Ertlebee roars in disapproval. <laughs> ah, Vasa jumps back. She's like, Grandmother, please, please get down from that tree. Please. <laughs> she jumps up a higher branch. Grandmother, you're gonna break he, something. He turns his attention away from, um... Panthro and uh, <laughs> looks down at Vasa <laughs> and uh, he says, tell me more of these hobgoblins that you came across. That and seems like a far more uh, useful use of my time. Thank you, uh, Constable Paddington. Yes, uh, we did not wish to disturb your force, so we instead of engaging in battle, we chose to avoid them. There were six of them. Smart, real they smart. They had a leader that seemed to be directing them to some business. We do not know. We did not linger to watch their activities. But they were extremely uh, stressed in appearance. Uh, very alert for all peaceful and tranquil that your forest was. Incredibly alert and paranoid. Uh, despite what your wise Sir Kellett says, I do not think it is wise to let them linger in the forest and hope that they will skirt around your village. What do you think? I agree. They did not come this far south of Corsetto to check in. What would happen to the forest if we were to draw a blade in there? Uh, we'd make it safer. Okay. Alright. I just wanted to be sure that your forest what do you, was... What do you mean? I wanted to be sure that the forest... Are you referring to Kellett and his talk with your uh, ranger? Yes. There is talk that if a ranger uh, spills unnecessary blood in a forest, the forest may then turn against him and no longer speak to him. But When you say that the forest will turn against him, you do not mean that the, the, the plant life or the woodland creatures will come and attack us for drawing blade or spilling blood. You must come from truly savage worlds. <laughs> That is um, an accurate statement, Constable Paddington. And he seems to look at you like a newfound level of respect that, like, maybe like maybe that's what you've encountered before and you're still here to tell it. So he's just like, very nice. Can I? Um, and then he I, looks at you a little longer than you're comfortable with. And it looks like he's trying to place you somewhere, but that's about it. Then he ignores it. All right. But, um, yeah, Voss is like... Uh, in the short time that we're here, you know, they the, the hobgoblins, they looked, you know, like I said, distressed. I do not think that they may pose as much of a threat if we were to catch them by surprise. You know, do you think that we, sh that we should, against Sir Kellis wishes, pursue them? He just nods. He's like, yes. Uh, can I really quickly check to see what Panther Panther Technically, wouldn't it be a leopard bee? Yeah, leopard bee. What leopard bee is doing, just to make sure that she's not like 
Leopard doing... Bee has her leg in the air and is like licking. Okay. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. But like, like in the tree. Yeah. All right. Just like All right. high above. <laughs> And, okay, and then Vasa will look kind of like uncomfortable, like she's kind of trying to pick her words very carefully. She says, "By the way, Constable Paddington, um, I see you have a blade, and, and I'm sure you're quite skilled with it." If she you just were kind to of nods back and forth, like I do, all right. I'm not yeah. here to tell you that I am a fine retired warrior who found a hamlet to guard against all of the world no, evils. I was just wondering. If your blade was knocked from your hands and out of reach, how would you fight? <laughs> and he just kind of, uh, you can hear his knuckles crack a little bit. He's like, I'd make do. Okay, just just wanted to, to, to you know, make sure that you would never be defenseless. And I, I see that I should have already known by the looks <laughs> of you. Um, and, then, and then she kind of like looks over to... Leopard Bee and says, Grandmother, do you have anything to add or to before we let the good constable go about his rounds? He is a busy man. Uh, Leopard Bee leaps from the tree and transmutes back into <laughs> Turtle Bee right as she lands. So she lands as a fright. And then she like rises as Turtle Bee. And she's like, This infrastructure is not sustainable. If you're not going to help the villagers, then I will. And she, she turns on her he heel looks and around walks back and into like, town. He's like, we, we just said we were going to go kill him. Well, I was licking myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> Whoa there with the sass. <laughs> Bear burn. In that case, I'm coming with you. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you wouldn't agree with me. I agreed with you. Okay, in that case, let's <laughs> That's literally we, what just happened. Are we taking the rest of your friends? We may not take our ranger, given what Sir Kellett has said of the potential consequences. But with you by our side, I am sure that the forest may understand what the rest of us will commit within its trees. That whole forest talk only matters to people like your friend. Okay, oh, great. Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, he just kind of shrugs. He's like, it's nice out there. I like it, but <laughs> I mean, the forest is okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. And then Vasa kind of like has this moment because so the slide, she like, she almost had to talk on Ertlebee's behalf because Ertlebee decided to climb a tree in the middle of this conversation. <laughs> but I can tell you right now that Vasa did not want any part of this fight. She did not want to kill the hobgoblins on behalf of the village. And now she's kind of like, this is all kind of hitting and catching up to her because she was so in the moment of like trying to play down Ertlebee's behavior. But she talked herself into this fight and now she's realizing that. This is, what, kind of- this is what Vasa should do. Vasa should go uh, and say, you know what? Why don't you take Grandma and Tin and I'll go get the others and we'll catch up with you. I'm sure we'll be fine. And then they can have a side adventure with the bear. <laughs> I, I actually would kind of want to do that, but I don't, wouldn't trust just three of them against six hobgoblins. Not ones with their like backs against the wall with the way they seem to be. But yeah, so Vasa's having a bit of like a crisis where she's like, I... Okay. And then she's like, I guess we should go find 
<laughs> and she's just she's gonna like kind of just look kind of confused as she starts wandering the, <laughs> like she starts leading the group back towards the rest <laughs> meanwhile uh the hammer storms are kind of taking a nice casual stroll through the village with uh kellett and he's kind of introducing you to their their way of life. He explains first of all that it seems like the houses are in disarray, the buildings are in disarray. Their people live near their families. Like as a family grows, more houses are built to help expand. So while it seems like there's just a collection of random buildings scattered about, it really is kind of like litters, if you will. You would never say that to him, maybe, but um, groupings of different families and stuff like well, that. Well, for Brummelstone, it reminds him of home, because it was just it was just a town that, and you would explain that, it was like, much like my home, my original home. Dwarves are known for the same thing. Mm, interesting, interesting. Uh, where are you two from again? We are from a realm called Obrimos. Well, he kind of just shakes his head. I'm not familiar, <clears throat> but I'm sure it was lovely. Parts. Oh, yes. yeah. The the forests <laughs> in Obrimos are almost as lovely as the forests here. Mm, he seems to kind of take a little bit of pride in that. And then he realizes he needs to not do that and uh, puts himself away a little bit. But he says, uh, you must have a lot of questions. I don't want to... Uh, Waste a lot of your time with all of my curiosities. What, what's on your mind? Uh, it sounded as though when we were talking that you knew more about the Dream Eaters themselves. What we call the Nightmares or what you have referred to as the Dream Eaters. I would love to hear any tales you have of them. Any knowledge you have perhaps about the God of Dreams or the God of Stories himself as well. And he thinks about it for a second and he says, well... I mean, I can tell you that the Dream Eaters, if I, I should be up front that I don't know how useful all of my information will be because I'm a, I'm a very old individual. I've lived almost as long as your halfling friend. Ah, uh, so some of the things that I know about that I've come across, I don't even know if they're true anymore. But I can tell you that, uh, for instance, we... I had always known, again, I don't, the specific word escapes me how to say it in, in your tongue, but the, the Dream Eaters, uh, they, they lay outside of all order and all of existence. They're something entirely different. They feed off of, uh, not just the, uh, sort of physical existence of dreams, but on some level what dreams represent, what they are, what they mean and what they do for people. It's not enough for them to simply uh, eat something that you had perhaps dreamed about. It's more important for them to devour the essence of why you dream. Mm. To extinguish all hope. Or fear? Uh, I don't know if they... I would be careful in assigning a sort of a, a goal behind them. What they feed off of is not the same as what they hope to accomplish. I'm not sure that they have any sort of goals. Of such great 
power and magic, do we know... Have you heard of any weaknesses? Oh, I know that long ago they had made an attempt to come forth and it was Stardust itself that was able to drive them away and drive them outside of both the dreaming and the waking worlds. Ah. Which is what concerns and confuses me about the current state, the current situation that you're in, because I I wouldn't begin to imagine why the god of stories wouldn't simply repeat what he's done in the past. What has he done in the past? Simply brought the entirety of Stardust and its existence and its its purity to bear upon them and drive them out. To open all the pathways that the Dreaming Tree leads to, to bring to bear the full might of the Dreaming. It should have been more than enough to drive them away. That's the way it seems. Either one of you could make an intelligence check at this point if you'd like to. Yeah, sure. Yes, please. Is there anything special to it or just intelligence? Intelligence. (laughs) No. Uh, Ten. Ten's not bad. Um, Yeah, yeah. Halfway there. Yeah, no. (laughs) A ten would, I mean, the only thing you could think of is that, I mean, to be fair, Patch isn't the original Guardian. The original King of Dreams. That's true. That's what I was thinking. Or like, yeah, and Brummelstone may explain. Like, it seems that perhaps from what we've seen, the god mantle is past, and perhaps the new one does not know the power of the old, does not have the a wisdom of the of the old. You know, as as there is with age, comes smarts, as you said yourself. He kind of laughs. He's like, "Yes, smarts." <laughs> um, but he kind of nods. He says, "That an inexperienced god of stories is quite unfortunate." Then, luckily, you know, we have gathered, and we hope to do our best to bring this tree back together and push these dream eaters back to whence they came. And so you need the shards of stardust to rebuild stardust, but. If the god of stories, the prince of tales, as he's also known, if he couldn't do it before, what makes things different? He's never had a hammer storm on his side, let <laughs> alone two. Smiles. It's like admirable that you'd stand at his side at the moment of battle, but again, I, I think there's more to this than you may have realized, that there's there are questions that are far from answered in this, that simply bringing the shards together, I don't know if that's the only reason that you're here. That may be. Perhaps they are answered by the halfling that we follow. Tompkins, yes, he seems to be uh, confused with his role in all of this. Yes, he seems, I believe he's been in the dreaming world for quite a while. And I think he's lost his connection to the Tompkins that he may have once been. You speak as though you knew him. Yes, the Tompkins I knew was a great man. He 
like you, was a uh, traveler, and he had uh, he had made an escape from I don't know some world. He had made an escape from there with his wife Eleanor, and uh, they ventured forth into our world to uh, make a new life for themselves. And they they were known. I mean, they were never. Uh, and he looks you you two up and down. They were never adventurers quite like you, but they. Uh, he had a brilliant mind for architecture. He uh, was responsible for a lot of the landmarks and beauties that that we have across Rolanus. And then, after a time, he ventured out and found a a home for he and his wife in the Valley of the Stars. And they, well, as far as I had known, they had retired there and. Uh, of course, I mean, and he kind of looks down. He's like, everybody had heard about beautiful Eleanor's passing. But I know that was a particularly rough time for him. Do you know how she passed? It sounds as though. They had a long and beautiful life together, but everyone has their time. I mean, he looks much younger than when I saw him, for instance. Uh, but they led a wonderful life together, you know. Unfortunately, it was just her time, and he had to say goodbye. But I, by all reports that I had heard about, he had he had left Rolanus, and I don't know where he went. But he one day packed his things and he wandered off. He was he's getting up there in years himself, like I said. So again, it's. I wasn't sure if it was him when I saw him because he looks so young. It seems that he's been an architect in the dreaming world itself, so perhaps that has something to do with his youth. Uh, where you talking about the Valley of the Stars? And you said he also made some monuments around here. Perhaps taking something that he once built would help him remember the man that he was. Well, I mean... He kind of thinks about it for a second. He's like, I would posit that he might remember more about himself than you may think. I have a feeling that he does, or that he is purposely avoiding. He kind of just nods. That's an astute observation. As a man who spent many years lost in his own memory, it's hard to revisit that place and it's hard to leave that place <sighs> he'll have a very uh, dangerous road ahead of him then because at some point if he's if I, and he, you can see him kind of thinking it through and putting it together now and he's like if I understand everything you've told me he's walking the, the path of his own life and if that's the case there's he's going to come to a point where he Sounds like maybe before he made the wrong decision, and you're going to have to hope that he's ready to make the right decision this time. We will do our best to instruct him in that, or help him make that decision. <clears throat> what do you make of it all, young man? And he looks over to Roberto. Um, he caught Roberto at a very awkward time, because Roberto had <laughs> taken the turtle from his hat and was comparing it <laughs> to... <laughs> Torta behind his back, 
Did he uh, catch him at an awkward time, like, or did he just actually ask him because he felt him doing it the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, so Robot is kind of caught in a stunned silence. He slowly returns the. <gasps> yeah, sure. <laughs> he slowly returns the turtle under his fez, and then um. Just kind of stares awkwardly at Kellett, and then says, "Oh, okay. Um, uh, I'm worried about Tompkins." Um, I hope that he, I hope we can, I hope we can, he doesn't seem like he's, I, it feels like he's at the point right now where he has to make that re- that decision that you were talking about, uh, Kellett, but um, we, we, I don't know, he's kind of difficult to talk to right now, and like, it might be the point where he's, you know, like we need, we do need him, but uh, it might be the point where he has to make the decision, and it's kind of, it's kind of a weird position to be in right now. He's like, well, at least with him, you have access to the rounds. The rounds? The rounds, the tunnels that he takes you through. You know about the rounds? Oh, yes. What do you know about them? The rounds are the pathways of the gods. First discovered by... Uh, he looks around, he's like, from what I had heard, I believe Tompkins' family was the first to discover them. He has taken us to some where he talked about his parents and him have traveled through. Yes, yes. But that's the rounds of the pathways of the gods. It's how, how the gods were able long ago to walk between the worlds. You said you don't have gods on your world. Perhaps there were gods, as you speak of them, uh, once in our world, but uh, come from a land of fractured time and fractured history. So I know not of gods. I was raised not with the gods. Seeing the god of dreams is still... An awkward thing for me to even consume or to think of. If there's gods on Obrimos, they are truly cruel for what they let happen there. And he looks surprised and he's like, hmm, that's one way to look at it, I suppose. And he kind of shrugs. <laughs> it might be a small way to look at it, but I am a small man. He looks like he has some more to say, but he's not sure that this is uh, the conversation that everybody else wants. So he kind of just puts it away for now and uh he says well and then as you guys turn a corner you bump into i believe it was vasa and Ertlby looking for you guys very awkwardly because vasa isn't sure why she's saying this or going along <laughs> with it um vasa's like i guess we should go find the group and yeah. i guess like as a as a group they kind of just like wandered off towards the general direction of where they think yeah. so kellett so you <laughs> turn corners and you bump into each other kellett runs into you guys he's like, oh excuse me hey and these are your friends yes hello sir kellett uh oh, we were wondering kellett. <laughs> yes uh <laughs> kellett uh, we were wondering if we could borrow uh the good Brummelstone for for a second. Roberto, you can you can stay with Sir Kellett. We will we'll be back. Why? We, we just want, I just want to talk to I just want to talk to Brummelstone. Oh. Okay, and like I I look at the <laughs> giant turtle man next to him. Like <laughs> he looks pleased and he just kind of smiles and nods, but he looks over and he goes, "Where are you all heading?" No, no, we're just talking. Just Brummelstone. And then <laughs> uh, the constable leans forward and goes, "We're all friends now." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Kelly's kind of nice, like, okay. And he's like, good, because I, I, lo- I mean, they're, they're yeah. good people and they're my friends. And I was going to talk to them and show them stuff. And you probably showed them, like, 
a whole lot of things, but like I have like probably two more things that I was going to do and I don't want you to do because like it's not really your things they're more my things and <laughs> I um and yes, Kelly yes, just kind of yes. smiles and nods yes. he's like ah, <laughs> have uh, a good day make sure hustles. you're back in time for the feast Rumblestone what time how how long uh, actually you know what Rumblestone is hustled hustled by Vasa <laughs> into the general kind of around a corner or something or off at a distance uh-huh. Brummelstone gives a look to um, Roberto, which is the look of "Don't say anything embarrassing." <laughs> <laughs> I like turtles. Get uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the he's Brummelstone's given it to Roberto a bunch of times when it's just been like, "Don't embarrass me in this city." <laughs> it's, it's the look before the lecture. Yeah. So Roberto would be like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> Yeah, yeah that. So, <laughs> if Roberto listens to it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Once they're like kind of potentially out of earshot, Vas yeah. is kind of like almost embarrassed to explain to Bromus. She's like, so we're we're going to help the village and kill the hobgoblins that are threatening the village. And Vas just seems at a loss of words of how to like explain yeah. how she, how they arrived at this generous action. Yeah. Rumblestone like would shoot Vasa a look of like that doesn't sound like you, but then he would also think <laughs> about killing hobgoblins and he would just crack his knuckles and he would say, "So we don't want Roberto?" I don't think I think if uh the turtle uh, Sir Sir Kellett had any truth to his words, I think Roberto would be very devastated to lose his connection with the forest. And, you know, it should be short work to kill these hobgoblins. We'll be back before they notice. Yeah, and he would say, and it seems like we should leave someone. Let's leave Tim. Someone of fighting value here, along with, you know, like, Roberto seems fine. Yeah, we can leave Tim as well. We can leave Tim. (laughs) This way, sir, uh, Constable Paddington, we now leave your town unguarded. (laughs) We got through the forest pretty easy because of Roberto. Um, and now we're not going to risk his, his relationship with the forest by not bringing him along on this killing mission, but we should be prepared to, to call him if we need to get rescued from the forest. Cause what if the forest, uh, is harder to navigate without a happy ranger? We have Sir Paddington. Sir Paddington, you know the forest, right? <laughs> it's constable. I would think so. Because in that case, never mind. Let's do this thing. Brummelstone would, at that point, take out, like, rip out a small sheet of paper and, like, write a note that's like, follow the bird to find us. And he would tie it to the raven's paw. He was like, if we get in trouble, the raven will fly back and find Revorta. Sharp plan. Now let's just get this over with and be back. How how long until the feast, uh, Constable Paddington. He just shrugs his shoulders like, I'm no cook. Okay. What time of the day is it? Can we look up in the sky and just like gauge? Um, it'd probably be about four o'clock ish. At night? 4 p.m.? PM. 4 p.m. I, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I do we know roughly how long it took us from like skirting the hobgoblins to reaching the edge of the forest and thus the beginning of the village? I think oh, half a day. Oh. So we're going to have to leave them during the feast <laughs> and go hunt them during night. 
which I'm not technically opposed to. I don't know if I want to go in the forest at night, if ever there was a risk of being lost. Uh, And the constable just looks at you and he's like, come on. I don't have night vision. I remember what it's like to be in the dark. And he kind of nods that's right, you can't smell. No, Uh, I can't. (laughs) Classic. Humans, am I right? <laughs> so maybe maybe what it sounds like is um, Vasa and Brummelstone are maybe putting the kibosh on this plan, um, but Constable Paddington's game, and maybe, um, <laughs> maybe after uh, the idea gets shut down, somebody could go to him. Sure. And be like, Let's do this thing. You want to? Yes. Well, first, okay. Ertlebee would have to roll to give Vasa the slip because Vasa is permanently on Ertlebee duty. <laughs> uh, she's gonna. Okay. What is? All right. It's on. What does Vasa have to roll to like keep an eye on Ertlebee? It depends on what Ertlebee's doing. Okay. okay. So, so. Um, well, can we first say like- that? Are we saying that Brummel's between like the discussion? They're kind of like we should go in the morning. Like let's not do it tonight. Let's do it in the morning. Is that well, what I mean, Brummel Stone Constable's thinks down as well? now? Like, he thinks we should go now. Yeah. What would Brummel Stone think? Uh, you know, Brummel Stone's never not down for a good fight, especially when he thinks he can win. Um, but in he's also down for a good. Well, he has dark vision. <sighs> it doesn't bother him. <laughs> There's no skin off his back, but he also knows... You lose like, it when someone puts on the light, though. Oh, is that it? Well, like, if, if... I mean, if you took Vasa, you'd need torchlight. Yeah, yeah. No, and, yeah, so. and that's the other, like, that's the other consideration. It's just, like, they were so whiny in the cave. Uh, <laughs> in, the, in the cellar. So he's... And he's like, and I do like a good feast. And talking to Kellett is, like... The best. <laughs> like nice to meet someone his own age. It's finally. <laughs> um, so he would be like, perhaps it's best to wait. Because do we know? Would Brummelstone know if hob- hobgoblins have dark vision and such? Well, you can make an intelligence check. I'll do that. Man, this is all the intelligence tonight. All the intelligence. Uh, Thirteen. Yeah, they have great dark vision. Yeah. So he would. He would list. <laughs> he would list like. The lack of his party's dark vision and uh, the power <laughs> is just like, and not to undermine you, Constable Paddington, but I think uh, six with dark vision versus six who can see in the dark versus two who can see in the dark would make a poor, even the best predator would say would, would make us stand out as prey. So I think we are better to wait. I think it's wise not to go into battle with people who don't think they could win in a battle. Rumblestone's a little like, hey, who are you calling? But uh, First thing tomorrow morning, sir, uh, Constable Patty. First thing tomorrow morning. Alright. So, um... We would agree to meet at the village gates at sunrise. As soon as we build some gates. We can meet at the village edge at sunrise. Sure. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We've hurt poor Constable Paddington's. All right. Um, Yeah, so that would be the conversation. 
if we wanted to return to the group and disperse. Now Ertl B and versus Vasa can go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brummelstone would just have to go and continue conversations with Kellett. No. Yeah. Like, this is... He he has... It's been a while since he's experienced a village elder. And, like, <laughs> such a... You know, like... And even though the circumstances are different, and even though it's a large turtle man, it's still, like... Yeah. It's a refreshing, like, warm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you uh, escaping, Ertlebeam? Erdelby grabs her chest suddenly um, and looks alarmed. And she's like, Grandmother? I, I sense where Tonkins is. And it's not good. Tonkins, I found him and he's in incredible danger. Where? Um, what is, is there any high building in this town? Yeah. She'll be like, do you see that high building? Well, it'd be the gathering hall. Like that's the <laughs> highest building. How high is the gathering, gathering hall? hall? Like two and a half stories. And His then feet are dangling with no walls. Like it's just pillars. <laughs> Wait, so of can I pillar. see the top of the pillar? Yeah. Okay. From can where we look? We're like right next to this building. No, we're not right next to it. But I mean, like it's the it's the tallest building in town, so you can see the edge of it wherever you are in the village. Okay, he's so on top of that building. He's what? near the edge. He is must it be a... thinking of his dead wife, Eleanor. <laughs> is it a is it a building or is it a pillars or what is it? No, it's I like have you ever gone to the park and they've had like those big open like halls, like foyers, I guess. I don't know what you're gonna call it, but like it's just like there's a whole bunch of park benches underneath like a giant roof. Oh, so it's like an extended sort of like pavilion sort Pavil- of looking yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, Vasa, you have to get to him as quickly as possible. If we lose Tompkins, the entire mission is for naught. Okay, can Vasa just like roll? Um, what what's the thing where you just read someone just get a quick insight? Insight. I'm gonna roll insight. You can roll. Um, uh, is it deception? Is that what? Is that what? Erdelby rolls. Erdelby rolls deception. Oh shit! Oh shit! <gasps> On. It's going down. <laughs> I don't have it. I don't. Of all the things I have, I don't have uh, proficiency and in insight. This is, this is bullshit. Let's roll. <laughs> all right, here we go. Natural twenty, Ertl B. Oh. Natural freaking twenty. So oh. adventure canceled. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. So Ertl B rolled a 19, um, <gasps> and her deception is plus two, so no! she gets a 20. Oh, that's bullshit! That's here's, bullshit! Here's it. Here it is. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, that's such bullshit. Oh, my God. God so, um... <laughs> wow! Okay. You so, have anything to insight? All right. Vasa, like, looks at Ertl B sees the panic on <laughs> Erlby's face, looks around to see if she can see any other party member. Does she? No? And then she just goes like, I'm gonna... Alright, I'm gonna go get Tompkins, go tell Brummelstone to bring everybody. And she takes off towards the pavilion, cursing Tompkins' <laughs> name for being a sentimental dumb fuck. So... She takes off and she leaves Ertlebee. I just like that it was like, you don't believe her, but you can't risk it. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, um, <laughs> you rush off, and once you do a fair bit of scouting, yeah, there's no Tompkins. Either that or he killed himself while wearing the ring. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah, um, it would have she she would have run to the Damn. to the place and she would have like cold. stood back trying to look for Tompkins, <laughs> trying to see if he's on the edge, and then it would have occurred to her that maybe he's wearing the ring, so she would have to like draw <laughs> attention to herself and she'd be like, Tompkins, Tompkins, don't do it, Tompkins, where are you? And what? just like what? And then she's like, where is she? Where is he? He's sitting on a bench, like a, like a, at the table, like he takes the <laughs> ring off, and he's like, what? Tompkins, you're, what? you're on the ground. Usually. Were, were you were you up there? Huh? Were you were you up <laughs> there? <laughs> Where? It's too good. The fucking roof. No, I, I'm because not climbing that. It's like splinters. And Navasa just has a moment, and she just grabs Tompkins' hand. She's like, come with me! Ah! And she just, like, da- dashes off yeah. back to where she left Ertleby. Is she there? No. Navasa just looks very defeated. She's, like, she's just standing there, fucking holding Tompkins' hand. Mm-hmm. And just, like, has her hand, like, her head hung down. And she's like, oh. Help. <laughs> Is this, um... Does this mean what's what's this what's this spot for? Tompkins, I just I just need a moment. Oh, I want to give you need, a hug. No, just it's push okay. him up. Hey. Put, no, ah. Shut up! Shut up! Oh. We gotta. Go, we have to go find Brummelstone now, and then and then she kind of like looks around the village. and She kind of realizes that she doesn't know how to navigate this village. She's been following Sir Paddington <laughs> yeah. the entire time, and she's like, God. Damn it. And then she's like, come on. And she just picks a direction that she thinks is the general half of the village. Do I need to roll for that? No, no. It's okay. not very big. So, All right. I mean, you spend a bit of time looking around. Eventually, you find Brummelstone. I'm, I'm, I'm still dragging Tompkins, but not by his hand, more like the cuff of his sleeve or his cuff of his shirt if he's being particularly foot draggy. And, and when she sees them, she's like, Brummelstone, grandmother got away from me, possibly to do, you know. And Tom can raise hands like just for the. I mean, I I don't brummy, so if you want to fill me in, well, Tompkins, it's like this. Yeah. Sometimes grandmas and tens just need to go off on their own, and all you can really do is hope that they pick the right timeline and enjoy <laughs> the feast. <laughs> Tompkins, yeah, what's up? Do not disappear like that again. You're the reason all of this happened. You and your mood that you've been in. Snap out of it. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. <sighs> Vasa's just frustrated. She's like, she just kind of like stares out at the gorgeous scenery and is like even more mad that it doesn't match her <laughs> anger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like everywhere she looks, it's picturesque. If there was, if there was any sort of alcohol, Brumblestone would like slide it over <laughs> Yeah, it's hard it. to find an angle in the village where it doesn't look like a painting. Like the lights always coming at like coming in even when you're not at the right angle you would think. The the light that passes through the breaks in the canopy which is the forest. It's exquisite. 
Vasa actually like kicks a small <laughs> hole in the ground and just like stares at this hole. She's like <laughs> just fuming at the hole. This kind of earthworm kind of comes out of it and wiggles up and looks around and sees like <sighs> almost like takes a breath in and just wants to experience this new environment. The the Vasa's- dirt looks rich and fertile. Vasa has no no more fight in her. She just like goes and sits down next to a random villager. She just like she just sits. You sit down and um yeah, it's like this uh one of the mice that was looking around. It's a younger one though. Like he's sitting next to his dad and he looks at me and he's like, What's it like being a human? And then a couple of the other like um children kinda gather around <laughs> you waiting for your answer. Um meanwhile It's shit, kids. It's shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, they're getting people together. Everyone's starting to pick their places. While you're in mid conversation or mid avoiding of conversation, um, Kellett comes to you and asks you to come with him because you guys are going to be seated up front as guests of honor. Fasa is very happy to shake off the little mice babies. She's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> well, uh, er, um. yes, yeah, like, it, it's it's um, though I. I Elders calling me children. And as you guys are heading up, he says, I would like to tell you that uh, you may find some difficulty in, in speaking to or about the villages here. So you should know that the the, the word you're looking for is Akoshin. That is the, the, the name of our races. Just in case you want to say something. And he looks at Vasa incorrect or you feel the need to use words before other functions of your body or you should know that our word is ocean for children for the uh, as you would put it the animal races thank you sir kellett yes <laughs> <laughs> At, at that at that point, like if they're still walking and it's a while ago, Bremelstone would be like, "Tell us the history of the Ecosians," you know, like. No. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks like, excited. Yeah, much, and he says, "Well, much the boss's boredom, like and lore." <laughs> <laughs> um, he goes into a little bit, and what he brushes upon is the idea that basically the the races were a lot more integrated a long time ago. Um. But slowly but surely, as um, humans became more enamored with the myths and legends aspect and less enamored with the doing aspect, <laughs> um, the races started to segregate a little bit. Humans um, don't really mix with any of the other races. Like There are dwarves and elves on this world like anywhere else. Um, and in the Ecoshin, as, as you've obviously experienced. But the humans, they, they love hearing the stories. They just don't do the stories. For the for the most part, that's not true of every single person. But um, while he explains this to you, you notice two things. The first thing is that um, you could, if you thought about it, you could draw some parallels between the march of technology in Cog and kind of like the the march of stories in this world. Like stories have almost kind of become. Uh, 
I don't want to say crutches, but like people have become much more accustomed to hearing stories than experiencing living stories. Like uh, there's still wonder to be had in this world, but people are very excited to be a a, a part of it in some small way. The, that's why maybe Southworth was so gung ho about experiencing heroes because they've always heard about them and they love them and they love when they come through, but they themselves don't rise up so much anymore. And it's like someone who's heard third hand stories hearing second hand yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> um part of that might be that you know that there's it maybe it kind of would maybe seep back into your head that you know, they said as long as you don't go off the path, you're not in trouble. Is there more to that path than simply just being a well constructed segue through the plains like but the second thing you notice is that he's so excited to talk about this. Voss is the first one to notice that you have been kind of walking around the pavilion more than you've been walking towards the front. Rumblestone would, like, even with a perception of noticing, you know, like, to notice it, <laughs> yeah. Rumblestone would be so, like, enraptured with the idea of this that he would, in making those parallels with Cog, that he wouldn't, like, keep up. <laughs> Uh, Boss nope. is too broken to say anything. <laughs> She's like, "Of course, of course." And I'm, I'm assuming they're also going at like an ancient tortoise's pace. So it's like, <laughs> this is just like slowly. Like, this is Slow killing. This, is, this is killing her softly. Yeah, and then he does make mention of the fact he says there are those who who wish to bridge that gap between stories and humanity and. That's where individuals like you come in, and he points to Roberto. Uh, you and the other rangers have such a kinship to the the world and, and forest in particular that uh, there are organizations that all their only goal is to keep that natural connection with the world alive in human cities. Uh, same thing with bards. Bards are. Uh, Calliope being a famous example, a bard who spends time keeping stories alive, but also living those stories, going out, having adventures, making sure that they're not just bringing the same stories and the same level of contentment, but exciting and energizing people in a whole new way by experiencing new ways of life. You, you and those people are very important. It's why I caution you so so much about risking the connection you have with each individual forest and that would sink in with you that he's he's making sure you understand that you know you can lose connection with not all forests you can lose connection with this forest but have a connection to this forest like you can on Rolanus rangers build relationships with the environment Kind of like in, in, in uh, on personal levels, not like oh, I love mountains and I just fucking walk mountains and <laughs> mountains, man. Right? No, like you <laughs> learn bodies of water and you become connected with with different forests and jungles and deserts and environments. Like it's not about just a generic connection with Earth but actually a personal relationship with different environments. And the, even in all of your travels, you've never experienced nature the way you experience it here. 
So with that, he finally uh, realized he should probably let you guys sit down <laughs> and um, shuffles you on over to the front table where you can be the guest of honor. And they're very pleased to have you there. They start bringing out the food. And before they give out the food, um, he takes a step forward and uh, looks around. And as soon as he takes a step forward and puts his staff forward and kind of leans on it, like, you know, one hand on top of the other on top of the staff, um, everyone kind of quiets down. He doesn't have to clear his throat or make mention of it. They just understand that he's there and it's time to be quiet. And he looks around and he says, you'll, you'll have to excuse me. I... Obviously, you did not know we would have guests. Normally, I would prepare some sort of proper speech or welcome, and I'm afraid I'm a bit at a loss. I'm, I'm just gonna have to wing it. Uh, no offense. And he looks over at the kind of a flock of Tengu <laughs> and Kenku that are over on the side, and they just kind of laugh and they hmm, uh, raise one up, and he classic says, "Classic kill it." <laughs> classic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he looks around and he's like I, I would like to welcome our guest uh, walkers of worlds those who have seen much and, and learned even more they come with us on a very treacherous journey but they still even though they have every reason to be suspicious and worrisome they for some reason, felt an, uh, felt the ability to to reach out to us and entrust us with a bit of their their personal journey. And I, I want to thank you all for coming and sharing stories with us. As you've probably become aware, sharing stories amongst our people and indeed in our world is is of the utmost importance. It's the it's the most cherished thing you can do between two people between a group a family it's what unites us our stories are what keeps us together as a society and as a people it's uh, sometimes people become confused uh, because they they get lost in the details of whether stories are about uh, getting the facts straight and making sure that this is this is what happened and this is what happened and oh, it's important for us to always demonstrate to outsiders that we truly believe that there is no difference between stories that may not have happened and memories, accounts that you have uh, lived through. That they, there's, there's nothing that makes the, the hero of a story less important simply because it may not have a uh, historical analog the stories inspire stories bring us together and stories bind us through something far more important than any individual it's what we would like you to take with us it's what we would like you to take with you when you leave this village we'd like for you to take that truth with you that the 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 truth of a story lies not in its historic facts. It lies not in uh, accounts and does not lie uh, on, a, on a piece of paper that verifies that it happened. The, the truth of a story is what it means to the individual and to your hearts. And so I ask you, while you're here, 
spend time with us, learn our stories, share your stories with us. And when you do so, once this feast is over and this night is over, you will be part of this village forever. That is what we hope we can give to you tonight. And he kind of gets quiet and takes a step back and everyone kind of nods. And then uh, he says, and I believe that if I talk any longer, we'll have to recook the food. So if if you would like, I'll get out of your way. And he takes a step back, and they kind of have forced him to take that large wooden carved chair. He's that's where he has to sit. He doesn't look like he wants to. But he's like, I'm sitting down. And yeah, you guys have this this wonderful feast. It's, it's all kinds of food. Um, you can go around it. What's up? Is it purely vegetarian, or how do they have meat? No, they have meat. Like, <laughs> um, they don't have a lot of meat. It seems like meat is something that has been spiced in or peppered in, and so um, most of the food is based in vegetarian courses. But maybe they have a, a, a meat stored away. They decide to bring out for you. Um, and if you can infer that, then you can infer that this is an even bigger occasion for them than you might have normally anticipated. Um, but all the food is laid out. You have like a selection in front of you, but you can see that everybody shares. And it's like, it's not like you have your plate. You have a plate in front of you that you're welcome to eat whatever you want off of. But people are trading stuff back and forth and finding what they want and excited and who should try this and mixing stuff together and coming up with new combinations. And it's just this huge communal feast. Vasa's eyes had completely glazed over by the first quarter of the turtle's speech. And she, like, when everybody kind of starts clapping or moving, she's like, <laughs> like, you know, she kind of like snaps out of it. She's like, just kind of claps and she doesn't know what she's clapping to. But when the food starts passing around, she's like, okay, I get it. Um, she would be seated next to Tompkins. Yep. And she has taken it upon herself that she lost one person. <laughs> By God, you will have to kill her before Tompkins leaves her sight. He's devouring. He's devouring in, depending on how good your memory is, like it's been a long time since you've seen him devour like this. Just tearing through the food. It looks like he's kind of really kind of falling in love with it again almost as he's trying new things and that's right there mm, just kind of chowing down and he looks like he's happy the for, for the first time in a couple of days so Plus is grudgingly a little bit touched <laughs> by the perk up of his mood and she because she's feeling a little bit better she's can devote a little bit of her energy to looking towards the forest area where the forest um, begins. It kind of like almost as if she's listening for screams of pain or something. <laughs> yeah. The only drinks they have available are uh, water and they also have mead, which they have different kinds of oh, berries God. and accents you can add to it. But um, you notice people are not big drinkers. Like they get like their, their mug of mead is big for them, but it's, it's a, a nice portion. For Vasa. Let's just say that um, if mead was flo- was being passed around the table, there would be it almost as if there would be like a blockade where Vasa is. It's, like, it's just not passing her to yeah, go you down. You have to get up and get it. They don't pass it out because not everybody oh, okay. drinks. Oh, thank God. Yeah, Vasa's getting. Vasa's <laughs> like, she's like, she looks at the mead and she looks at Tompkins, looks at the mead, looks at Tompkins, and she kind of like gets up and, and like, like, I'll backs- see you later. She backs towards the mead, but she doesn't look away from Tompkins. And she, like, 
fumbles for a mead, <laughs> picks up two with one hand, reaches back, picks up another two with the other hand, eyes still on Tompkins, and comes forward and sits down next to him. No, thank you. No, thank you. They're all for me. <laughs> <laughs> and she just starts, she's just, she's drowned in her sorrows. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, yeah, I assume that you guys get uh, anyone who wants to discuss stories with people, share, walk around, commune, you can feel free to do that. Um, otherwise, the night goes on. Uh, with You notice the, uh, the two things you notice. First off, as I said before, they're not big drinkers. Like The meat is there as like a nice – like a lot of people don't take it until after the meal is done. It's a nice palate cleanser, if you will. It's, it's uh, something that they finish the, the their meal and kind of the night off with. Um, the second thing you would notice is that they don't really have any music. <gasps> they um, talk a lot. They share a lot. But they don't they don't seem to have one central location of entertainment <laughs> to pull them all away from each other to focus on that central entertainment. When Roberto notices this, at sometime at the end of the night, near the end of the night, he pulls out his bagpipes and just does a demonstration. For the for these animal people, <laughs> these animal people. He all, ugh, I'm sorry, I don't remember what the correct name. It's okay. Is. He also actually he also inappropriately asked Kellett if do like mice people only mate with mice people <laughs> within your shot of Bramlestone, of course. He says, uh, "Are you asking if they mate or if they fall in love?" Either. This is like when that conversation happens, Brummelstone like kind of quickly downs meads and be like, Roberto, I believe it's time that you play us some songs. Oh, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> sure, yeah. Shut I get, I get distracted because at the fact that like I'm never usually allowed to play my bagpipes. Mm-hmm. Um, so any opportunity is just like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Performance, what is... Oh, just roll. I got a salve. <laughs> <laughs> can they can uh can Brummelstone assist? I think like you tell me if this feels like canonical and you can just ex uh like the way Brummelstone and his tribe like shared stories is like music like the Bab Pipes would play and you would tell the tale underneath it as like kind of Peter <laughs> and the Wolfie. You know, like, where, like, the bagpipes would be, like, you know, like, would sub in for, like, you know, or, like, it would be dramatic tellings, but with, like, the bagpipes in the background. You can try to tell a story. Give me a performance check. It's not going to save his bagpipes. Okay. I didn't know if, like, one would cover up for the other. You might be able to, like, be so amazing. They're like, oh, God, those bagpipes, but... Rumblestone will tell the story of Ogarth the Tiny. You do know, as you as you get ready to tell the story, you can already feel that the the crowd, the heritage of the Hammerstones, the legacy of the Hammerstones <laughs> is about to be forged in this action. Rumblestone is slightly too drunk on berry mead <laughs> <laughs> to realize the greatness of his situation. And so he's going to go for it. Yes. 18. All right, so they you you earn a bit of a reputation as a good storyteller that night. Um, at one point, someone's like, you, you, you're kind of going into the story, it's getting bigger and bigger, right? And accordingly, uh, the bagpipes are getting louder and louder. And then um, someone <laughs> raises their hands like, please, actually, Mr. Mr. Brummelstone? 
Yes. Do you think that maybe... And he kind of walks over and puts his hand on the bagpipes. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that you could tell it again? Because I think that's something that we're going to have to write down. Damn. That was amazing. Aww. But he keeps his hand on the bagpipes. <laughs> and then wow. slowly like he's like trying to do it in a way where you don't realize what he's doing, but he's he's helping you put them down <laughs> and then starting to walk away. Well, that's a tough crowd anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so um you cement the story, you nail the landing, if you will. Um It's and a real yeah. David and Goliath story. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, you wrap up the night with um well depending on, I don't each of you probably had your own level of fun, but uh <laughs> you wrap up the night on at least a safe uh ending. <laughs> and Vasa has tied rope again into Tompkins. <laughs> he gives up. Yeah, he's just like she needs this. <laughs> She does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So that night, I assume you cuddle up into your hut. Oh, yeah, wait, we might we venture s- slightly yeah. out of town. You know, like yeah, we don't want to sleep in the village. All right. So yeah, you bed down, <laughs> get the hut going. So I don't know if Brummelstone would have been cognitive enough to do it at the time. As soon as he heard they were gone, but he might. He had already tied the note to the raven. He might send it out to go find them, like to see if it can scout around for them. So it might perhaps land on them, and if if it can make it to them, these ravens have had luck in the past. So. Yeah. Yep. So your raven flies out to go check in on them, see how they're doing. Um, but in the meantime, you all bed down for the night. Vasa's final words before she drifts off into a poor sleep is that like. If they have to light a torch for light, they're surrounded by a flammable forest. And that's like that's her like final spot. <laughs> like she expects to wake up and the entire forest will just oh be burned no. to the <laughs> Thanks for listening to episode sixty, Roberto's Time to Shine. If you liked this episode, let me know over on Twitter at WorldWalkersPod. If you'd like to hear what happens with Ertleby and Tin, they're going to be starring in a side adventure that you can catch if you're a member of the World Walkers Patreon. Interested? Check us out over... Why are you punching my butt? <laughs> my daughter has come in here to help me record the uh, end of this and has assaulted me. Do you feel better about yourself? You have to go potty? Okay, I believe in you. Go do it. It's up to you. Anyway. So, um, wherever we're at, I'm sure there was some heartfelt message of pride and meaningfulness. Uh, let it change your lives. Um, or maybe it was just about Patreon. But either way, patreon.com slash worldwalkers, if I didn't say it. Um, exclusive art, episodes, and more. Um, we're also accepting uh, help via my GoFundMe as well. If you're not familiar with my recent health issues, uh, you can find more info at GoFundMe.com slash everybody-loves-pedro. I always like to clarify, I didn't name it, my wife did, so it's it's not super egotistical um, in theory. <laughs> uh, the music from this episode comes from Kevin McLeod, which you can find his work at Incompetech.com, and the sound effects come from Sirenscape, which you can find at Sirenscape.com.
We need a little like we need some kind of like cool zinger that we can play every time <laughs> something happens in this episode where it's like Vasa Storm. Wait, 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 I got it. Like we we make it through the village to the village because you know we got the ranger. Ertl V and Tin also make it to the village, but they use up all the crystals. They're like, yeah, we just like just, just slapped it over and over as we went, ran our way through. <laughs> we two at a video. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like bathing in them. <laughs> There were a lot of mosquitoes. You don't understand. <laughs> they sew themselves armor that's just pure crystals, and they just like walk. They, what we did was we put a bunch of crystals all over us, and in the event that we got hit, we get healed right away. Yeah. There were a lot of vines. We kept tripping and falling, but we made it through. Olivia, I, I'm going to bring you up to speed about what's happened or whatever while you're setting up. Um, actually, uh, uh, Pedro can do it. Pedro has a better summarization ability than I do. <laughs> Tompkins oh. peed on the rope. <laughs> I feel like you're going to flip on the light and there's going to be someone behind you. you. Have to no, too. <laughs> and be like, you could have asked that person the whole time. How rude. The light goes back out. Oh my god. That's a really good jigsaw <laughs> voice. Which one? There you go. Oh, we're just looking at this is like totally one of those like cam horror shows where it's like the camera's like panning around. <laughs> go up really close to the camera. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm so it. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Unfriended. Okay. Can you do me a favor? I this is a sentimental insertion. I'm just looking at all your faces and they're really cute. You all have really cute faces. You're all like laughing and being cute. I'm gonna Miley Cyrus. Wait, can you guys see Enzo and I can't? I can see Enzo. Yeah, Enzo's looking really yeah. cute. Who yeah, the, Enzo's like picture perfect. Yeah, I just have high I took like five screenshots of him last game. <laughs> yeah, I don't Wait, care much for his, his avatar. He's blocked that, you. You can't see oh, him, right? I um I can't show you my face because I'm plotting against Inspector Gadget, um, so, <laughs> so I must I must remain. Yeah, have you ever seen Doctor Claw's real face? Oh, it's no. terrible. Really, it's, I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah, While it's like continue. in the end of a Sega video game. Like oh, so really? Boring. I saw the toy. They released a toy, and it was like in a package. It was like buy this toy to find out what he looks like, and I was like, or he looks like Inspector Gadget. And I just <laughs> <gasps> and what? the in the doc in the video game, he has this like just crazy face with like big evil scientist hair. This, this has gotten the side the slot uh off. off well, track. I think we've uh, recorded all of our tags for the end of the credits, so I think we're good to go. <laughs> it was my fault, but it's actually your fault for being so cute. So shame on you for being cute, all of you. Start cutting some faces. I'm tired well, of this. I'm, I'm sorry you have such low standards of cuteness. <laughs> 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 Raise the bar. Raise the bar. So I'm going to be up front real quick. At this point, I don't think there's going to be a side adventure. Really? Because that was going to be the split off. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. High five, everybody. We so, outsmarted Pedro. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have to like leave this. No, this. No, because otherwise works. I'd have to like leave Tin by herself, and then Megan would hate me forever for being like, I set a side adventure with somebody else. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
I just like, here's a, I really want to do a side adventure with Tin. If like, I could think of something improv wise, I'll go through. But I, I think that was that was kind of it. No, wait, let okay. me think for a second. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. It's just funny. It's like I was like, I know right where they'll have to split. It's like invisible. <laughs> <laughs> no one expects us to be competent. <laughs> um, we did just, the one thing you didn't foresee. I know. I always should go past that trace. To be honest, um, I just, oh man, I like. <laughs> I really want to do that side adventure with Din. Like, I was like, oh, it can be. We can do two birds with one stone. So I wanted to do one too. So, so um, you I'm guys, gonna, I'm, what? I'm gonna be brainstorming ways for us. No, to no. I, if I think of something, I'll throw it in. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. I think it would have hurt less if I didn't roll a natural twenty. <laughs> that was I was like, oh man, well, good game, Olivia. Oh, like, I know. But what about math? <laughs> Holy crap! Holy crap! I tried so hard. I was even thinking. I was like, uh, I was like, okay, well, you know, this dice up. I'm sure I'll just get like a fifteen or sixteen, and maybe that'll chess. But twenty. I was oh, like, I did no. it. I did it. I There's stopped. No way. There's no way anyone can beat that. You don't have any wisdom modifiers? I wait, I add wisdom to insight? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, what did you... Oh What did you have? How much wisdom do you have? Exactly plus two. So you would have beaten her, beat her score. By, beaten her by one. I didn't know that. Oh. Well, it's, it's too late. We'll just we'll just say that with the like urgency of yeah. Tompkins, yeah. that like she just kind of had to make a call, and she had to go with the like <laughs> worst case scenario. Oh my god, no! I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> it's important to note in future, I guess. <laughs> Well, they had to they had to find their side of enter somehow. It might as well be this. <laughs> yeah, 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 true.